Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show tonight, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media, tst underscore underscore radio, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info. If you visit our website, you'll find our archive and you'll find links to my books and our affiliate sponsors and more www.thesecretteachings.info. If you subscribe to our full show archive, you'll get access to all the shows without monetized advertisements, access to the montage archive, and digital copies to read or to download of my books. It's all on the website, and it supports The Secret Teachings and keeps us on air Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. And if you're listening on a podcast or radio application, we have a private RSS feed for you when you become a subscriber. And if you are listening on one of those players, please scroll down to the bottom of the page and leave us a review to let us and others know what you think of the show. I'd really appreciate that. That actually goes a long way to helping us to grow on those platforms because although we've been here for 10 years doing radio, we just started using those platforms. I'm, I'm pretty antiquated in my usage of technology, admittedly. So this is one of the first times we've actually reached out on podcast players and other places. We, we've, uh, we've been very restricted, uh, both by choice and by my, my lack of uh, technical knowledge. Plus, I don't have a team here. It's just me. So I don't have time to do every little detail. I have to read and I just finished writing a new book and I have to, you know, find out what the what the new angle on the show is going to be five nights a week. So it's a lot of work. I love it, but I don't always have time to do everything else. Some of you might remember I was reading today that the uh, the Pentagon is renaming its UFO office. And I remember reading back in 2021 that NASA was changing or establishing this framework or these guidelines for searching the skies and searching the heavens and searching the cosmos for contact with other forms of life. NASA said on their website in in 2021, so this was a year ago, that they've began, quote, encouraging the scientific community to establish a new framework that provides context for findings related to the search for life. Now, NASA said that it envisions, quote, a scale informed by decades of experience in astrobiology. So a scale as in how to classify that life and how to classify it, obviously, beyond Earth and on other planets, perhaps way beyond the planets that we know. Now, obviously, it's it's pretty easy to change the names of programs like the Pentagon has now changed their UFO office from the Airborne Object Identification and Management Group to the AARO, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, again, AARO, and they're going to look into unidentified objects that are also submerged, so USOs, or any object that can fly through both space and our atmosphere or fly through our atmosphere and water, what are called transmedium craft. 
the office of the Pentagon will also look to allow for more investigation into uh, various forms of UFO or UAP-like phenomena, things that aren't necessarily what we would think about when we think about UFOs, but, I mean, they're open to everything, is what the Pentagon is saying. And this is two days ago. This was on Wednesday this week. So this is pretty big news. The Pentagon not only is acknowledging, I mean, they're changing the name of the office, and they're not only acknowledging that there are objects in the sky, but that there are objects also underwater. And even if they're not basing that on a specific case, which I can't imagine that they're not, dozens, hundreds, thousands of cases over the years, military accounts, etc. Uh, there's even reportedly a case of a UFO sighting by Columbus, you know, who sailed the ocean blue in 1492. There's a, there's a UFO report in one of his journals, um, I'm not seeing the original copy of the journal, but I've, I've read uh, supposedly what it was, you know, a light coming out of the water and uh, up and flying up into the air. And this was back in 14, 1500. So obviously they have a completely different viewpoint on what these things are then as, as opposed to what we do now. But then again, you know, there's accounts that go back to, to uh, you know, BC times and they called them shields or chariots, like the chariots of the gods. So the Pentagon is going to be looking at these things in ways that are, it seems anyway, truly open to, to discourse. So there seems to be some level of sincerity here by the intelligence communities that are open to investigating all of these things. The interesting thing I find about changing the name of the office, though, is this is precisely what the U.S. Army and the U.S. Air Force have done for now, what is it, 70-something years. I mean, if you go back to the original Project Sign that investigated what at the time were flying saucers, UFOs, then uh, they changed that to Grudge, and then Grudge kind of formed into Blue Book, and Blue Book identified like 90% of what they investigated, and then 10% were unidentified. They, they couldn't identify what they were. So, you know, the question for me is when we talk and look at these types of things is I really don't know who to trust. And maybe that's kind of the whole point. And maybe I I'm too distrustful of government. Maybe I should be more trustful of bureaucracy. Maybe I should be more trustful of, of red tape. Maybe I should be more trustful of individuals that, um, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're newly investigating these kinds of things and maybe didn't have an interest before. You know, because it's not fair, really, to lump the entirety of the government in with, uh, you know, people that make fun who have been in government, people who make fun of UFOs, like the former governor of New Mexico. And then he actually apologized for that because he said that people did see something in the skies, you know, the Phoenix Lights. And so there's a lot of things that are that are happening rapidly right now. You've got the Pentagon changing the name of their UFO office. The Airborne Object Identification and Management Group is now the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. They're going to look into transmedium objects. And uh, this is all part, from what I've read, this is from defensenews.com, this is part of a provision in the National Defense Authorization Act for 2022. So this is, again, part of the National Defense Authorization Act 2000, 
and 22. Now, the amendment would also compel current and former defense officials to reveal information about the phenomenon. They don't have to worry about backlash or criticism or anything like that. So it's opening the doorway for people to tell what they've seen, to tell what they know, so that there can be an honest investigation, or at least that's that's the idea. But it's a little bit weird um, because the National Defense Authorization Act is also being amend- amended to do other things that aren't directly related to UFOs. One of them is, some of you might know this, Adam Schiff, chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, you know, this very sleazy guy, he uh, has introduced basically an amendment that would be added to the National Defense Authorization Act that would basically block or eliminate Congress from having any oversight of military and National Guard deployment, but specifically in domestic affairs. Again, it's part of the National Defense Authorization Act. So while a lot of us are paying attention to, look, the UFO Airborne Object Identification and Management Group, the Pentagon's new office is going to have a new, a new name now and they're going to look at transmedium craft and they're going to allow uh, government officials to speak freely on the subject. That's all good news, but the National Defense Authorization Act is being amended to do something else as well, and that is to block congressional oversight of domestic deployment of both National Guard and military. The exemption from congressional oversight is very specifically focused in the amendment on the domestic deployment of troops, which of course could affect a wide range of, of, of things that involve everything from, well, from typical military affairs and national uh, disasters or emergencies to things like oversight of border security. So this is a really, really big and it's a little scary, a little scary, uh, a very big amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act, which remember when that thing was first passed, uh, we had heard all this stuff about how it basically identifies all of, of America as a battlefield and it makes citizens combatants on that battlefield. And it essentially turns your average citizen into a domestic terrorist. And that was, you know, one of the things that the Obama administration made, made, um, made a case for as the Biden administration, which is just Obama 3.0, with their national um, threat assessment of, of domestic terrorists, where they said, and I have a copy of it right here, they say that white people are the domestic terrorists. And let... That is, unless white people are gay, and it now doesn't say gay in the document, to be fair, but if you're white and straight and you're Christian specifically, and you like America, then you were identified as a threat to the country. And and that's what it says. You're a domestic terrorist if you're a straight white person, and especially if you're Christian and you have moral values, which really tells you what their ultimate goal is they they don't like straight people they don't like white people and they don't like you know christians and conservatives and the reason for that is these are the the people that like your your traditional male and female roles in a community these are the people that are typically 
if not um, those that preserve the moral fabric of a society, they are those people that are willing to physically fight in conflict to defend their family and their property and their and their you know their home and their their livelihoods. So that tells you a lot of what multiple White House administrations think of the American public that they're a threat to the government's power, especially you know, toxic males and white males and things like that. That's, I mean, that's part of the, the White House's uh, little terrorist uh, identification under the Biden administration. But again, it goes back to the Obama administration, the National Defense Authorization Act, and now that's been amended to basically block congressional oversight into these things. And the reason that this, this, uh, this was introduced it wasn't introduced recently. I, anybody that's paid attention to this, I've heard this talked about a few different places online, news, news articles, and obviously radio shows when I get a chance to listen. But this was actually introduced back in 2020. It was introduced back in 2020 under the, uh, the Trump administration because people like uh, Adam Schiff and others, this shifty, slimy, uh, disgusting guy, said that, President Trump's proposal to, which was never carried out, but to use the U.S. Army to quell social justice riots that were, well, in a lot of cases, just burning down American cities. So they, they, they believe that that was an, an overstep of power to even suggest that the president has that authority to do that. And that as a result, we need something to block um, congressional oversight of the deployment of those those troops which i i don't really understand what the argument is to, to be honest with you because if the president wants to deploy troops to prevent these mass riots uh, i mean he has constitutional authority to do that uh, to protect both republican government in individual states it's the guarantee the guarantee clause of the u.s constitution uh, or to implement troops in order to, for example, in order to uh, prevent uh, things like, well, true insurrection, uh, or to defend uh, federal buildings, for example. And, uh, I mean, these are all things that are, if, you, if you've read the Constitution and have, a, have a, a brief understanding of it, you know the president has that authority. But they don't, they don't really care what the, the authority of the president is or the authority of Congress is. They want to block congressional oversight of the usage of the military on civilian populations. And that's really a, a scary thing. The other thing that the defense authorization bill provides for, and uh, on July 14th, the House passed the bill and uh, the amendments, 329 to 101. It also authorizes... $839 billion, that's a lot of money, plus an additional, um, a part of that $839 mil, a billion. There's $37 billion that was not even requested for, so God knows where that's going to go. And the bill also establishes a Space National Guard. Space National Guard. So if they're getting rid of congressional oversight of the military and of the National Guard, and specifically domestically, but not explicitly domestically, and then they're establishing a space national guard, 
it would really beg the question, how much authority would Congress have over the Space National Guard? Would they have no oversight? Would they have no ability to review what a Space National Guard is doing? And by the way, the Biden administration is officially opposed to this Space National Guard. This is something that was, um, I don't know if it was a compromise or agreed upon or something, but it was placed into the the amendments to the bill and the passing of the bill for 2023 uh, for defense authorization, probably more so, of course, by, you know, war hawks and Republicans and, and rhinos. But they're going to establish a Space National Guard on top of the, the Space Force. And obviously, a lot of people have speculated, well, why do we need a Space Force? And obviously, you could ask the same question, why do we need a, a Space National Guard? And furthermore, why would we eliminate over congressional oversight of both domestic military and national guard activities and then also space national guard activities there'd be no oversight and that that might and i mean for me it does I, hopefully it makes you think that that there's something funky there and that this could be in in some way connected to the the whole um interest that the federal government and Pentagon has in what is going on in our skies and what is going on beyond our world. You know, back in May, Congress held their first UFO uh, congressional hearing. And then in June, so these are just weeks ago, in June, NASA announced that it was setting up an independent report on UFOs, and it was commissioning a study team to examine what is called, uh, quote, observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircraft or known natural phenomena. So just the study itself is commissioned to study what amount to the 10% of the legitimate cases that Project Blue Book cannot identify. They're looking at what is definitely not an aircraft, what is definitely not natural phenomena. Now they, and they didn't, NASA doesn't say that, you know, Chinese or Russian, they just say, that cannot be identified as an aircraft. So all aircraft, human-made aircraft, or things that are natural phenomena. And obviously, China has their 500-meter aperture spherical telescope fast. They claim that they've picked up some form of signal from somewhere else. And the Chinese Academy of Sciences and the University of California, Berkeley, have teamed up to use the telescope to search for signs of extraterrestrial life. The Russians have also acknowledged that they are actively engaged in these investigations as well. And that's according to Newsweek from the 15th of July. So the question then in regard to this, is there a new space race, a new arms race, where instead of going to the moon or orbiting the planet for the first time or something like that, instead of building nuclear weapons... Who's going to be the first country to officially make contact with these extraterrestrials? Who's going to be the first country that gets to speak to the aliens? And what is that country going to say? And if, the, if a country like China perhaps makes contact with these aliens, assuming that the aliens are at least in some capacity similar to us, what does that mean for the rest of the world, especially when China is a very closed-off society and a very authoritarian regime? 
are the aliens going to to have any interest in earth affairs or so there's there's a lot of things that we have to understand about this and when people bring up the idea that it's all some big psyop um i'll entertain the idea but i don't think that it's all a psyop and i don't think that it's all sincere either I think a lot of it is uh, cheap political points. I think some of it is absolutely sincere investigations and sincere concerns. But I also feel that, yes, there's something, there's something also off about all of it. If you go back and you look at this, this uh, classic uh, case that's called the Durant Report, the Durant Report determined that the public needed to be educated Uh, or essentially misinformed through, quote, mass media, such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. And that they had intended, this is the Durant Report, they had intended to infiltrate what they called, quote, subversive groups. So what those would be would be like UFO groups. That's what the Durant Report said. And we're talking a very, very, very long time ago. So this is something um, that if you go back into UFO history, there really were government programs that were intending to uh, misinform the public through media, through motion pictures, through television, and through popular publications. That's uh, officially. So that means that there has been not only official investigation into the subject of UFOs throughout the past, obviously, if you paid attention, but there's also been official disinformation or official uh, attempts to basically brainwash the public and to, um, to misinform the public just as well. And now with a Space Force and a Space National Guard and congressional oversight being eliminated for the military and the National Guard. At least that seems to be the goal. And with a new space race, new weapons race, an alien race heating up, there's quite a bit that needs to be asked and quite a bit that needs to be answered and examined. And we're going to try to do some of that tonight on The Secret Teachings. I do not have all the answers. I can only show you what I see. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please check out our website, subscribe to our show, grab a copy of one of the books. Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right here, groundzero.radio, and in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. 
We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. The National Defense Authorization Act was passed by the House of Representatives, 329 to 101. It authorized $839 billion for military spending. That's $37 billion more than the administration had requested. I feel like you don't see that a lot. You don't see more money being allocated than what's asked for and $37 billion at that. And while a lot of people have been concerned over what the provisions in the National Defense Authorization Act allow for, including the Adam Schiff Amendment to allow for congressional oversight to be eliminated in relation to activities of the military and National Guard, one thing that has not been pointed out is that the National Defense Authorization Act Adaptations, which were passed for 2023, actually establish a Space National Guard to go along with the Space Force. And the Space National Guard, we can assume based on the wording of the amendment, would actually eliminate congressional oversight, not only from the military and National Guard in domestic affairs, but from the military and National Guard in space as well. So as the Pentagon is investigating ufos they've changed the name in the last 48 hours they've changed the name 
of their Airborne Object Identification and Management Group to the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, the AARO, and acknowledge that they're going to investigate not just, you know, the Tic Tacs and things in the sky. They're going to investigate transmedium objects, which are things that are like UFOs, USOs as well. Things that can fly in multiple different environments. I mean, we have, there's, we have like torpedoes and rockets and things that create air bubbles and they fly without any resistance through the water. And that's human technology. So I'd imagine that it's, it's probably uh, pretty infantile technology to a, a much more advanced alien race to be able to fly unimpeded under, under water or in space, or they just create this, this atmosphere around the craft and then they, they book it and they move faster than we can really conceive of. And then they, they vanish and disappear. Maybe they even move into another dimension. But the, the Pentagon wants to study these transmedium craft, which I think tells us that there's, there's a lot more concern and seriousness here than what they're, they're leading on. Because nobody's, nobody's asked the Pentagon, hey, can you study USOs and can you study like just everything? Like this was originally about UAPs. This was originally about military incursions. Now they're going to study everything. Now, I mean, scientifically speaking, that's the most logical thing to do. There's clearly other phenomena that are, that are around and, and, and uh, in parallel to what we classically think of as flying saucers and UFOs, and they're going to investigate all this now, which is, I mean, that's good news. But obviously it leads a lot of people to ask the question, is this being done honestly? And I think, I think, yeah, most of it's being done honestly. I don't think there's some giant conspiracy. But I do think that we need to recognize that throughout, let's call it UFO history, that throughout UFO history, there have been, going back to the 40s and 50s, there have been very strong restrictions placed on both civilians and uh, military pilots and uh, there have been very strict restrictions just you know, uh, generally uh, placed uh, by the military on what they would allow media, entertainment, etc. To, to tell the public. In fact, there's a report that came out in the 50s called the Robertson Panel Report, or the Durant Report, and it was a CIA panel that cited concerns over the misidentification of actual enemy aircrafts. They thought that people were going to see UFOs and then we were going to essentially dismiss the potentiality of uh, another country invading our skies and maybe dropping bombs or blowing things up and killing people and basically invading the United States. And they, the CIA said, well, this is a concern because we should be looking for enemy craft, not UFOs. The Robertson panel report was concerned over the, quote, overloading of emergency reporting channels with false information and the, quote, subjectivity of the public to mass hysteria and greater vulnerability to possible enemy psychological warfare. I mean, and to be fair to the Central Intelligence Agency, that's, a, that's an honest concern, certainly. I mean, I can even tell you as someone who, I mean, I, I went to the Roswell anniversary a few weeks ago. I am... Um, a let's for lack of a better term i'm a big fan of ufos i really enjoy ufo mythology and lore 
And it's one of the central pillars of the things that we talk about on The Secret Teachings and have for over a decade now. But I'm also a little bit skeptical of what has seemingly infiltrated these these discussions and rightfully so i think that we have uh we have a right to be concerned with a lot of the people that tell their ufo abduction stories and a lot of the people that come onto the scene and have uh mass followings and seem to always have money but followings kind of disappear and they they still seem to have money and they're on the lecture circuit and people don't trust them anymore and that that they're still there and it just it feels like something artificially is being propped up and 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 uh, promoted, and uh, I'm not going to get into the details of that. But some of you you probably have an idea of what I'm talking about. So anyway, this Robertson panel report, I thought it was was interesting. It says, "quote This is back in the '50s. The debunking aim would result in reduction in public interest in flying saucers." This education could be accomplished by mass media such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. Basis of such education would be actual case histories, which had been puzzling at first, but later explained. Now that's interesting because what the military, what the intelligence agencies are saying is their intention is to debunk Flying saucers. Their intention is to educate or to miseducate the public through TV, motion pictures, and popular articles. And that the basis of that education would be real cases that were unidentified at first, very puzzling, but later explained. Now, obviously, that leaves a percentage of those cases which are still unidentified, still not explained. It doesn't mean they're aliens. It just means that there's a mystery there. And we like to say that we want to believe, but, I mean, that's not, that's not really how we should be going about this. We should not be going about it with belief. And I have that poster, by the way, hanging up in my studio. I have an I want to believe poster. But I don't want to believe. I want to see the proof. And I'm tired of listening to both government officials mock and make fun of the subject. So it's nice to see that there are official channels that are investigating this. But I'm also skeptical of those official channels. In the same way that it's nice to have more people, generally speaking, talking about the subject, but I also don't trust all the people I hear talking about these things because there are a lot of people that feel either they're in it for fame, for money, for groupies, for whatever, uh, you know, UFO conferences and things like that. But that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, dis- dismissing all of, of, the, of the people that talk about these things. I try to look at things objectively. I, I don't know if I can trust what the Pentagon's doing, especially because the, the Central Intelligence Agency back in the 50s had a program. I mean, they, they issued a report, the Durant Report, the Robertson Panel Report, this big CIA panel, where they said that debunking flying saucers was their main interest and that they would do this through media, motion pictures, some movies, television shows, and popular articles. And that the basis of this education would be actual case histories, which had been puzzling at first, but later explained. Now, one of the, the most, uh, I think, prolific and one of the better writers on the subject of UFOs, Timothy Good, 
he was saying uh, in one of his books, he's got a bunch of them, and I think this is from the Above Top Secret uh, book that he wrote, one of the more recent ones. Uh, He wrote of the report's suggestion to use documentary films and cartoons that one of the film companies that was recommended by the by the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, interestingly enough, uh, which um, actually ties this in with some other things, was Walt Disney. That the military wanted to use Walt Disney Incorporated to miseducate the public on the subject of UFOs, that it was part of their education. He said it was believed that business clubs, high schools, colleges, and television stations would all be pleased to cooperate in the showing of documentary-type motion pictures if prepared in an interesting way. The report from the CIA also recommended that civilian UFO groups be monitored because of their potential, uh, potential potentiality, their potentially great influence on mass thinking if widespread sightings should occur, which they have in the 50s over D.C. and obviously Los Angeles and then later in the 90s over Phoenix, and there's so many other cases, of course. The apparent irresponsibility and the possible use of such groups for subversive purposes should be kept in mind. So do I fully trust the Pentagon? Not necessarily. And... I don't necessarily trust the public, uh, you know, as far as I can throw them or the Pentagon. But that doesn't mean that there aren't honest people. And it doesn't mean that there aren't honest people in government that sincerely are looking to figure out what all of this stuff is. So, again, I don't necessarily think that the Pentagon studying this is, is just some psyop. But I'm also cautious because I've read things like the Durant report. I've read things like the Robertson panel report. And I know that their goal is to use things like Walt Disney and movies and TV shows to brainwash the public and to use real cases to further discourage public discourse on the subject. And that they also intended to, of course, infiltrate UFO groups. So although I I enjoy UFO uh, discussions and UFO mytho- mythology, and I enjoy going to conferences when, when they have them. I have to admit that the Central Intelligence Agency had intentions as far back as the 50s to infiltrate those groups to lead them astray and to uh, basically dismantle the open discussions that were happening there. And I can tell you that there are plenty of people that are, I mean, household name people who feel the same way. Not necessarily because of this report. I don't know if they've heard of this, you know, this report from the 50s, but from personal experience, I've had plenty of people with household names tell me that there's something weird. There's something odd. They they can't put their finger on it, but there are some people that are seemingly not working out of the 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 desire to um, to understand what these things are. They seem to be working to spread disinformation so nasa is uh preparing a ufo study as well now obviously nasa is it's a a federally funded agency but nasa the the thing about nasa a lot of people don't know and i didn't know this till like six seven years ago i uh i learned that nasa is and i mean once you look at it it's obvious but you know nasa is pretty much military 
And uh, NASA also, as Jim Mars coined the term, never is never a straight answer. And so NASA is, uh, they're basically creating their own UFO study. And uh, they're commissioning a team. This was as of just a few weeks ago, back in June. They're, uh, they're commissioning a team to study what they call, this, these are their words, observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircraft or known natural phenomena. So NASA has prepared a study. NASA also, back in 2021, began encouraging the scientific community to establish a new framework that provides context for findings related to the search for life or life, you know, life beyond this planet. Now, as a, just as a side note, I, I find it almost humorous, but sort of hypocritical for some people that have certain political views to really love NASA and to believe that NASA is going to find life and, oh, we're going to find bacteria and we're going to find microbes and things on other planets, but they, they have a hard time defining what a woman is. <laughs> they have a hard time defining when exactly is a baby a baby and when exactly is a baby viable and well they're not really a life until a certain amount of time or sometimes until they're three years old they're not a life right but it's but 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 bacteria on another on another planet is absolutely life no question about it but a baby in the womb at 24 weeks is still you know viable for abortion i just find that interesting i find that to be hypocritical Uh, but that's not the point of tonight's show the point is we've got a lot of stuff going on here We've got the House of Representatives passing the Defense Authorization Bill 2022. It's authorizing hundreds of billions of dollars for the military, and it's creating a Space National Guard. But it's also eliminating congressional oversight on the military and National Guard in domestic affairs, but not strictly to domestic affairs. We can assume from the the amendments and the provisions that the Space National Guard will thus be exempt from congressional oversight. And that's where... You ever seen that movie, uh, National National Treasure? Uh, one of my, I, I'm not a huge Nicolas Cage fan, but it's one of my favorite movies because I like the history. And it's, it's not entirely accurate, obviously. It, um, there's not like, I don't think there's a treasure map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. But it's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of history, and it's, it's a really good movie for that reason. And they're, they're meeting Nicolas Cage and, his, and, and Riley, this other character. They're meeting with, uh, they met with like the FBI and all these intelligence agencies telling them that the, that there's a, a map on the back of the declaration and that someone's going to steal it. And, and they're talking to one of these people. And as they're, as they're explaining what they're, what's, what's, what they're, what they found, like uh, there's a map here and there's treasure map. And, and they're like, well, that's, and, and Riley's like, that's where we lost the FBI. And they keep talking. He's like, and that's where we lost the department of Homeland security. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about this stuff. It's like, well, I'm cool with the Pentagon investigating UFOs. I don't think it's all a psyop. And I'm I'm cool with, you know, if they want to change their name because they're going to identify more than just what is airborne. They're going to def- all domains. They're going to investigate everything. I mean, they've either had that planned or this is like a new a new revelation. Maybe something was brought to the Pentagon's attention or I, I don't know. But they've changed the name to the all domain anomaly resolution office. Uh, obviously, the Pentagon used to be the War Department. Then it became the Defense Department. And it's. There's a psychological component to using that kind of language, but this is fast. It's not like the Airborne Object Identification and Management Group has been around for a while. It hasn't. It's been around for like a few weeks, and they've already changed the name of it. 
So I don't think that's a psyop. So I'm cool. It's cool. I'm cool as a cucumber with the Pentagon investigating stuff, with Congress investigating this. But when you when you create a space national guard, and politically people are concerned with the congressional oversight elimination for domestic, military, and national guard affairs, which uh, completely understandable. I get it. I'm I'm just as concerned because it it doesn't sound good. Why you would want to eliminate congressional oversight? for military and uh, and National Guard affairs to deal with domestic issues and civilians, that's suspicious. Very suspicious. But where, where they lose me more so is in eliminating congressional oversight of the National Guard and then slight, slyly, like a fox, slipping in, well, we're also going to create a space National Guard and Congress has no authority over that. That seems to be where the story changes and the the railroad track kind of shifts and we start heading in a different direction. That's when you know there's something wrong here. I don't think it's all a psyop. I can't be clear, more clear about that. And I'm okay with the Pentagon investigating UFOs. I don't think it's all a psyop. But when you when you eliminate congressional oversight for domestic affairs for the military and National Guard, then you create a space National Guard. And unless you're paying really close attention, like people knew about the Space Force because it was another one of those orange man bad things. And although the Biden administration doesn't want a Space National Guard, one is if the Senate votes for this, then there's going to be a Space National Guard and Congress is not going to have any oversight, you know, according to the amendments and the provisions in the defense authorization bill. They're not going to have any oversight of it. And that to me is what's what's scarier, especially because with China's fast telescope, their 500 meter aperture uh, spherical telescope, which they recently claim just a few few weeks ago that they picked up some some signal. But they're working with the University of California, Berkeley. So Chinese and American researchers teaming up. Russia is saying that they have investigations ongoing into this, and they're going to expand them. NASA has petitioned the scientific community to establish a framework and a scale for identifying what life is. That was last year. And then NASA is announcing in June of this year, so just three weeks ago, that they are commissioning a study to to, to look at observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as craft uh, aircraft or any aircraft, human aircraft, you know, Chinese, American, Russian, whatever, or known natural phenomena. Congress held its first hearing on UFOs back in May. And when you put all this together, the question is, there a new, is there a new space race, a new weapons race? But this is an alien race. Is there a new alien race? And of course, if there's a new alien race or a new UFO race to identify to uh, is it I mean, is it based on science? Or is it based on countries getting access to alien contact first? Like, in other words, is it is it is there is there an honest, true, sincere, scientific intrigue? in these mysteries and questions? Or is there something that's a little bit more, a little bit more uh, sinister, 
Like, uh, we don't really know the motivations of, of China. I mean, do, do, does the Chinese government want to make contact with aliens or claim that they've made contact with aliens and manufacture that contact? And no, I don't mean Project Blue Beam. That's not a real thing. I mean, and, and I, I, I think I've, I've heard Clyde talk about Blue Beam before, too, and he gets really frustrated. It's like, and I'm the same way. It's like Blue Beam is not an actual thing. It was a theory. It's not a real thing. Does technology exist to create and project holograms? Yes, they did that with the Stranger Things uh, TV premiere. Does the technology exist to beam frequencies into your head so you're hearing your thoughts or hearing what you think or your thoughts or voices in your head? Yeah, uh, that exists in uh, uh, speaker systems you can buy like for your for your home, uh, domestic production of those things. That exists in, in Hollywood. They've used signs to, if you stand in front of the sign, you can hear the advertisement in your head. But Bluebeam is not an actual thing. Could things like Bluebeam exist? Perhaps. But I don't think that's how they're going to fake the alien invasion. I think the alien invasion is faked because it's a fake threat. And that's precisely what the U.S. government has identified in their UFO investigations, that they can't identify a lot of these things. Therefore, what they're looking at is a threat to national security. So, I mean, a lot of people, they're looking for the, they're looking for blue beam, blue beam, blue beam, blue beam, blue beam. But what we should probably be looking for is that there, there really is some form of threat to national security, just maybe by not knowing. But the threat to national security perhaps is, you know, like with warfare in general, this might be the, 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 the real true quote unquote fake you know alien invasion which isn't a fake alien invasion it's the threat of of alien incursion and that's what i think um like the u.s the u.s naval a uh, navy the u.s naval intelligence uh guide on uaps says that their official task is to quote detect analyze catalog consolidate and exploit advanced non-traditional aerospace vehicles posing an operation threat to u.s national security they look at it as a national security threat. That that's I think what we need to we need to understand. And we should we should we should take it to mean that to exploit such vehicles would be to maybe replace and reverse engineer those vehicles as well. And maybe to do that for domestic military reasons, or perhaps perhaps there is something um, more threatening to humanity and we need to we're trying to get access to new forms of technology which i mean is kind of the theme from independence day too right before these these things attack and 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 destroy the planet but they've been around for so long that's probably not going to happen the military knows that because they have the records of all this so it's probably not because they're trying to build weapons or things like that for aliens if, if anything they're trying to do that to to you know build the military against other other human militaries. There's just a, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot. And the, the, the Pentagon, you know, in 2021, the Pentagon had established this task force. Remember this task force the Pentagon established originally, the Airborne Object Identification Management Synchronization Group? And now they've, they've changed the Airborne Object Identification Management Group from, from, from that to this. And then it's been a few, uh, just basically a few weeks, a few months, and they've changed it to the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. So it's been a year, and they've changed the name like three times. So you've got the the 
the AOIMSG, and that, they said, was intended to synchronize Washington's efforts to detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest uh, in special use uh, uh, airspace while mitigating associated threats to safety of flight and national security. And they said they wanted to, to provide the foundation for possible investment of uh, to replicate these advanced characteristics and performance. So they do want to reverse engineer these craft. What exactly is the reason why they want to do that? Is it just for military and technological purposes? Are they worried about these things being a threat? They want to get this technology to combat them? Like, And that, that, that doesn't make sense, though, because the military has been aware of this stuff for freaking decades, like 70-something years. So I don't know what's going on here, but I feel like someone's not telling us all of the, the, the facts or we're not we're not seeing them when I mean the Defense National Authorization Act has the establishment of a National Guard for space but Congress has no oversight of them that's the kind of thing that that really makes me sweat and I, I want to know what is is going on in regard to that I'm Ryan Gable this is the secret teachings there's more after this stay with us You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. 
and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is Earth. We will build the ultimate weapon. And their stuff will be our stuff. You've forgotten, but there's an alien battle cruiser about to... There's always an alien battle cruiser or a Karelian death ray or an intergalactic plague that's about to wipe out life on this miserable little planet. The only way these people get on with their happy lives is they do not... Now sci-fi becoming reality with the formation of a permanent government office tasked with investigating unidentified aerial phenomena, also known as UFOs. They're here, aren't they? They've been here for a long, long time. The answer to this question will have huge implications for the future of humanity. At any given time, there are around 15 million aliens on the planet. That's what I call a close encounter. And the next enemy was asteroids. Now, at this point, he kind of chuckled the first time he said it. Asteroids against asteroids were going to build space-based weapons. So it was funny then. And the funniest one of all was against what he called aliens, extraterrestrials. That would be the final card. And over and over and over, during the four years that I knew him and was giving his speeches for him, he would bring up that last card. And remember, Carol, the last card is the alien card. We're going to have to build space-based weapons against aliens. And all of it, he said, is a lie. In the event of, say, a full-scale alien invasion... There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the SA. My gosh. How prepared do you think this planet's defenses would be? Tell me. Just doom. 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 They've been here for a long, long time. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Check out our website at thesecretteachings.info if you want to get access to all of our shows. If you missed a little bit of tonight's show or any other show, you'll also get access to our montage archive for the montages we make, like the one you're listening to now, and digital copies of my book. Please subscribe to the archive. You get all of that and early access to the show. It keeps us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. I want to thank all of you who have supported the show and helped to keep us on air. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. It's rdgable at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, and tst underscore underscore radio. I read a really interesting story a few weeks ago, and I've been saving it for a show just like this, Friday night. This is CNN, July 8, 2022. Test rocket carrying component for future nuclear-armed ICBM explodes after takeoff. I'm actually kind of surprised that nobody else, at least that I know, in radio or in the UFO community has talked about this, at least that I've heard. And it surprises me because this is, this is a really big story. And they don't mention UFOs, but it's a really big UFO story. Let me read it to you, and you might be able to figure out why. A test rocket carrying a component for a future U.S. nuclear-armed 
intercontinental ballistic missile blew up 11 seconds after takeoff. This was two Wednesdays ago. A night flight from Vandenberg Air Force Base or Space Force Base in California. Vandenberg Air Force Base, by the way, is where the same exact thing happened back in 1964. You might have seen that on Ancient Aliens. There's actually an Ancient Aliens episode, probably one of the better Ancient Aliens uh, episodes that there is. Uh, And this uh, ballistic missile, this ICBM, was reportedly, I haven't seen the official military video, so I don't know for sure, but this missile goes up into the air and then some object approaches it and shines something on it and then the weapons test fails. Now, that was a dummy warhead. But nevertheless, this, this missile was traveling at over 18,000 miles an hour back in 1964 when a disc-shaped craft flew beside the rocket, circled it, and shot it with some kind of light. I don't really know exactly what it is. Uh, Robert Jacobs captured the video. He set up a telescope video camera to capture the rocket test. It was an Atlas rocket. And he claims, based on the video, in his own words, it, the object, went around the top of the warhead, fired a beam of light down on the top of the warhead, then flew out of the frame the same way it had come in. And that video evidence was reportedly confiscated by the Central Intelligence Agency. Jacobs, who is the uh, officer in charge of photo-optical instrumentation in the 1369th Photographic Squadron at Vanden Air Force uh, Base, Vandenberg Air Force Base, back in 1964, um, he, wa- he was able to photograph and video this thing, and he was ordered by his superior, Major Florenz Mansman. Um, he didn't know that what he had captured, so he was ordered by his superior to watch the video, and then he saw the object on the screen. And that's the, that's the thing that interested me about this story is that the guy that actually recorded it didn't know what he had recorded. The, the, the major in charge said that you need to watch this video and look at, look at what's on this video. And that, so this missile, this ICBM, malfunctioned when this flying object came into contact with it and uh, then flew off. It's not like it made contact and ran into it. It, it flew off. So this was in 1964. But this CNN article I have is from July 8th. A test rocket carrying a component for a future U.S. nuclear-armed intercontinental ballistic missile blew up 11 seconds after takeoff from Vandenberg Space Force Base, Vandenberg Air Force Base on the West Coast. So that's, that's really interesting because it's almost like it's almost like something, there's something happening where there's like a repeating um, loop of, uh, of history where, you know, back in the 60s, things like this were very common and in, even into the 80s, were very common at nuclear missile facilities. The Air Force had even investigated and, and tracked these things. There's a famous article in Look Magazine. In fact, there is... Uh, there is, uh, for those who are, you know, they study this kind of thing, the military had looked into, um, back in 1949, whether there was a correlation between these 
visiting craft and the nuclear age. Military actually looked into that a long time ago. And they found that there are very strong correlations between nuclear facilities, uh, nuclear research, atomic energy, and uh, unidentified flying objects. The Look magazine from July 1st, 1952, showed how the U.S. Army Air Force was very interested in UFOs and that they, I mean, they even, they titled the article Hunt for the Flying Saucer. And they, they put together uh, these, these, uh, these object sightings on a map and showed that, quote, a number of concentrations duplicated exactly the area of atomic energy installations. So this isn't, you know, late night radio opinion. This is what the Air Force said, the U.S. Army Air Force back in the 40s and 50s. A U.S. Uh, Army intelligence memo from Major Eugene uh, Carlin in August of 1950 reveals the same. Here's what it said. Since 30 July 1950, objects round and forum have been sighted over the Hanford AEC plant. These objects reportedly were about 15,000 feet in altitude. Air Force jets attempted interception with negative results. And then in, 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 in early, of, uh, early 1949... A nuclear weapons storage site inside Camp Hood, Texas, was intruded upon by unknown aerial objects as observed by security guards. Another intelligence report, May 12, 1949, revealed U.S. Air Force concerns over, quote, unidentified aerial phenomena. They were calling it UAPs then that have been observed, end quote, invest and investigated at Los Alamos and Sandia Base, New Mexico. Obviously, these were, were nuclear facility laboratories. And um, 1973, of course, uh, Kirtland Air Force Base, New Mexico, witnessed a large glowing object hovering over the, the inspection facility for nuclear weapons. Uh, a couple observed another object in 1974 just north of, of that facility. Right after that, um, there was reports of a possible um, uh, crash. And in 1980, several cases involving landings of craft at Coyote Canyon which is part of the restricted test range used by the Air Force Defense Nuclear Agency and Department of Energy. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's so many cases of this that I'm, I'm not going to sit here and go through every one of them and kind of bore you with it, but it's not just in the United States. The Soviet Union, they tested their first atomic bomb, uh, fast, uh, first lightning, not fast, first lightning, uh, in 1949. And, uh, you know, the U.S. tested the first thermonuclear weapon, um, codename Mike, the hydrogen bomb, and uh, uh, at, in the Marshall Islands. And earlier that year, there were a series of UFO reports uh, collected around and over Washington, D.C., uh, Washington's National Airport, Bowling Air Force Base, Andrews Air Force Base, all tracked the objects that were able to accelerate at over 8,000 miles an hour. And, of course, the, the UFOs just kind of glided over the Pentagon, the White House, and the Capitol. Remember that famous case back in 1952? They had a little, actually, like a little plaque of that in the newspapers at the, the Roswell uh, International uh, UFO Museum. Which, if you get a chance to go there, it was a really, really cool museum. It's not, like, huge, but it's, it's a really cool museum if you like this kind of history. So, again, the test rocket carrying a component for a future U.S. nuclear-armed intercontinental ballistic missile blew up after takeoff just two weeks ago from Vandenberg Space Force or Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. That's according to the base. An investigation is underway and the debris only affected the immediate launch pad area. 
This was the first test of the MK-21A reentry vehicle, part of the weapon that would hold a nuclear warhead if the system was operational. There was no nuclear element or armed component to the test. So it's basically a dummy warhead, just like in 1964. Now, don't tell me that that's not at least interesting. Don't tell me that that doesn't make the hair on your arms stand up. It could have just been that they miscalculated something. They, they, there's too much pressure. A, you know, a bolt was loose. Anything. Rockets are very sensitive. That's why when you watch you know, a rocket launch or a space shuttle launch, it's obviously extremely dangerous. And if the thing explodes, you need to be over, like in the case of the space shuttle, we, we had, because I, I grew up down there in Florida near Cape Canaveral. So I would, I, I've, saw, I've seen multiple shuttle launches, even just from St. Pete Beach. You could see them launch the thing or rockets or whatever. But when you go to the actual launch over uh, on the East Coast, um, uh, what's the name of that town? I think it's called Titusville, uh, which is where the town you go to. And then you could go, go there to Cape Canaveral where Kennedy Space Center is. But when you would wa- watch these things, you'd have to, they wouldn't let you go near them, obviously. They're dangerous. It's a huge bomb, basically. So you have to, you have to stay away from them. One little tiny miscalculation, uh, they would always tell you, like, of, basically, if a bolt's loose, the whole thing could explode like a nuclear bomb. It would just, like, decimate everything in the surrounding area. So you got to stay away from it. So it, it could be that simple. It could be that just it's dangerous. Somebody made a miscalculation and the thing exploded. But it's really weird. You don't typically hear about military tests, period. You certainly don't hear, hear about incursions on sensitive military installations until 50 years after they happen. And you certainly don't hear about those kinds of things when they happen uh, with with uh, uh, top secret testing or military um like secretive military drills. You don't hear about that kind of thing. So for this to even be an article is kind of weird to me. And for it to be a rocket or an ICBM carrying a dummy warhead, basically, it's a, it's a, there's no nuclear element or armed component, but it's basically a dummy warhead on an ICBM and it blows up after launching from Vandenberg Air Force Base when the exact same thing verbatim literally happened in 1964 at Vandenberg Air Force Base when an ICBM with a dummy warhead was launched and then some object approached it and dismantled it basically or disengaged it and the object and the test failed and fell out of the sky. (laughs) Don't, Don't tell me that's not weird. That's really, really fascinating. And that also shows us, like the question I posed earlier, are we experiencing a new space race, a new weapons race, again, to get into space or to get a nuclear bomb? Are we focused now on contacting aliens? And although I'm cool as a cucumber with the Pentagon investigating this stuff, I'm cool with the Pentagon having, uh, you know, last year establishing an office to investigate UFOs, and then they changed the name, and now they changed the name again this week because the group now, the, the, orga- the organized uh, group of individuals, is going to be called the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, the AARO, and they're calling it that because now they're going to identify, or rather attempt to identify, transmedium craft, which are craft that are also unidentified submergible or submerged objects, USOs. They're going to investigate things that can fly in different environments. And they're basically going to look at all forms of UFO, UAP 
thing, uh, things. And, and the funny thing is that this is almost investigating the, the paranormal. Because once you go beyond just basic, uh, you know, what could be perceived as nuts and bolts craft or, you know, balls of light and, and you start looking at what's in the ocean and then you start looking at how these craft interact and how they move and, you know, you start getting into things that are other dimensional. And I mean, that is, you know, the, the pinnacle of modern science today. But once you get, get into that stuff officially, like modern science is very, very paranormal. So, I mean, this is this is bigger than just investigating UFOs. And I'm and again, I'm cool with that. It's bigger for for two reasons, though. It's bigger because they're investigating all craft. They're uh, transmedium, what again is what they're calling it. They're investigating anything and everything. But number two, the the second reason it's big is because we do have a history of the Central Intelligence Agency engaging in disinformation campaigns on the subject of flying saucers. The Robertson panel report of the Durant report back in the fifties cited concerns, which were honest concerns over the misidentification of enemy aircraft, which would in, impede response to an invasion of the United States and overloading of emergency reporting channels. But they went, they went maybe even a step further. Their goal was to ignore the science and to ignore these investigations and to, this is a quote from the report. The debunking aim would result in re Reduction in public interest in flying saucers. The education can be accomplished by mass media such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. Basis of such education would be actual case histories, which had been puzzling at first, but later explained. And UFO investigator, researcher, really great researcher, Timothy Good, wrote that one of the, the cartoons they wanted to use were Walt Disney cartoons. And they, they, they went further, the CIA went further, because they, they said they wanted to infiltrate UFO groups because of their potentially great influence on mass thinking if widespread sightings should occur. So they wanted to use TV, they wanted to use movies, they wanted to use print, they wanted to use public interest to debunk public interest because they want to use real cases People will be interested and then use it to debunk those cases. So it's all good. There's no such thing. And they can focus more on potential enemy aircraft and things like that, which still one of the most fascinating cases of of um, of this in our in, in our UFO history is the, the so-called battle Los Angeles. I mean, that is that is just such a fascinating story, because like the Phoenix Lights, this object uh, went went over uh, the area of Southern California it, and then it came some it or another one came back. And um, it's really interesting because these, these uh, there were like, I think they fired like 1400, like 1400 or something like that. Uh, uh, Anti-aircraft uh, rounds at this thing. Um, they were able to, uh, they had spotlights on it and tracked it. That's one thing a lot of people don't know. They tracked it down the coast. And uh, the fact that they tracked it down the coast indicates that it wasn't just an anomaly in a, in a couple of searchlights. Uh, this was a very, a very real thing. And, um, you know, the, the, that, that story is, is probably one of the most, un, I think, one of the most underrated UFO uh, events. And that, that was back in 1942, by the way. 
This was this was before Murray Island. This was before Roswell. Hell, this was technically before the Foo Fighters. Not the band, but you know, the the, the UFOs. This was before the ghost rockets, really. But these objects were were very I've talked about this a lot because it's one of my favorite stories. These objects were very similar to Foo Fighters or Ghost Rock. Or it could have been one object. I say several because something else came back. Something it disappeared and then it came back. So we don't know if it's the same object or a different object. But whatever it was, um, I mean, this thing was being hit at point blank range by artillery, and there's there's like there's no obvious damage done to it because the thing is able to continue to move, and uh, it moves down the coast. It's actually it's actually tracked. They watched it on on the uh, on the, uh, the spotlights that searched it watched it down the coast. I mean, if that's mass hysteria. That's long-lasting mass hysteria. So, I mean, that and that case is is fast is doubly fascinating for me because um, I was talking to uh, to David Marler at, in Roswell, and uh, we were discussing the the 1943 case of the U.S. Army Air Force 348th Group bombers that reported a cluster of discs over Schweinfurt, Germany, and uh, I, I got a copy of that report in my book, The Technological Elixir. I have a whole section on, it's not just about technology, I have a whole section on UFOs. And um, that, that report describes the objects as being almost like non-corporeal. Like the, a plane flew through them and made contact with them in the report, but no damage was reported to the plane, which sounds really similar to what happened in 1942. So... I mean, I'm, I'm geeking out on that story, but it's if you go back and you look at the 1964 Vandenberg Air Force ICBM test and how an object comes into frame, disengages the, the missile. It was a dummy warhead, but disengages the missile and the, the test fails. And then in, in July of this year, just a few days ago, another uh, ICBM is launched from Vandenberg Space Force or Vandenberg Air Force Base. And the the thing blows up 11 seconds after takeoff, and it was carrying what amounts to a, a dummy warhead on board, or at least you know it's the the structure of the vehicle that would carry the 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 uh, the warhead. And it, it, the the fun the funnier thing is, I keep saying funny because it's just all this stuff is like it's almost laughable in a way because it it's so there are so many correlations in history to these types of things. This explosion of this ICBM, which is like almost an exact carbon copy of, of the 1964 case, comes a week after the latest test of a U.S. hypersonic weapon failed, after what they called an anomaly occurred during the first test of the full system. An anomaly. I don't know what caused it. Hypersonic weapon test failed because of an, an anomaly, and then a week later, an ICBM missile test fails because... Well, again, it's some kind of anomaly. It blew up. They don't say why it blew up. You assume something failed in the rocketry, but it could 11 seconds once that thing gets off the ground. I mean, that's it's quite a bit of time for something to intercept it. If it's if something's already monitoring the test. But but again, this this isn't this wasn't carrying a nuclear weapon. This wasn't carrying a warhead. This was a dummy test, just like the one in 1964. And now that. Half of Congress, the House has passed the defense authorization bill, hundreds of billions of dollars in military spending. They're also establishing a space national guard. 
And that Space National Guard, we can assume from the Adam Schiff Amendment, would not have any form of congressional oversight. They want to eliminate congressional oversight for military and for National Guard affairs in domestic situations, but not explicitly to domestic situations. In other words, they're like, we have to get rid of congressional oversight for military and for National Guard activity. By the way, we're creating a space National Guard, and Congress isn't going to have any authority over what they do. So the Vandenberg Space Force Base or Vandenberg Air Force Base launches an ICBM, and it's supposed to be a new nuclear-armed ICBM uh, weapons test. It's a dummy. And the same thing happens to it that happened to an ICBM back in 1964 at Vandenberg Air Force Base because of an unidentified flying object. And then an anomaly halts a U.S. hypersonic weapons test just a week before. This is all this month in July. And then the Pentagon announces on top of the House passing this Space National Guard $839 billion military spending budget defense authorization bill eliminating congressional oversight for military affairs in the National Guard and the Space National Guard that's created. The Pentagon announces they're changing again the name of their Airborne Object Identification Program into the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office looking for transmedium objects. And then the House Intelligence Committee, this was yesterday, advanced legislation to a, uh, a full vote on the floor of the House to include a provision providing the public a look into previous government UFO reports. This is what I've been saying. I've been saying... Yeah, Tic Tacs, okay, but there's so much more. And a lot of people think this is the first time the U.S. government's ever investigated UFOs. Not the case, not so. Not even close to, um, to reality. But now we've, I think this is a positive thing. The House Intelligence Committee wants um, to provide the public with a look at not current, but previous government UFO reports. The provisions about UFOs include that the Comptroller General of the United States review, quote, oral history interviews, as well as documentation relating to government UFO reports dating back to 1947. Uh, That's really big. That's really important. That is something I can get on board with because it's not just focused on what happened last week. It's happening, it's focused on things that happened 50, 60, 70 years ago that I've been harping on now for, for months and years on the secret teachings You want to really know what's in the sky, in the ocean, what's happening? Go back and read those military reports. Some of those are really wild. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. A lot more after this. The new alien race underway. Can we trust it? And what does this this public dissemination of of these past UFO events, what does this mean? What does this imply? We're going to get into all of that when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. 
if you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. I have plans this weekend to go see the new Jordan Peele movie, Nope. I can't say that I like a lot of Hollywood movies anymore, and uh, I kind of lost my interest in Hollywood movies, like really big Hollywood movies, when I went to film school because I learned how things were made, and that kind of took the magic out of it for me. But I, uh, I did enjoy Top Gun. And I did enjoy everything, everywhere, all at once. And um, I, I'm very sure, I'm very certain that it's going to be well worth the money to go see Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope, which has been getting pretty positive reviews. It just came out today. I don't think every theater, but it, it came out in most theaters today. And uh, I'm going to go see it tomorrow, Saturday during the day. And I was... I was looking at, uh, you know, they kind of unveiled what the storyline was going to be because we saw, we saw this preview at, during the Super Bowl. 
And remember, they had uh, images of people being pulled up into the sky, and there were actually several commercials. And I think Clyde and I, when we did our annual Super Bowl show, we talked about the rapture-like element in these commercials and in these, these movie trailers. Well, now they've unveiled what the movie Nope is, is about. And this is you know, not like the last day or so, but they've revealed it over the last couple of, uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, it basically is about these, uh, these uh, siblings that live on a ranch, and they're trying to photograph a close encounter uh, with these unidentified flying objects. And so it has a, it has a feeling to it that it, it almost speaks to the current state of affairs in both government, military, politics, etc., as they relate to UFOs. Because right now, we're basically trying to get a snapshot. We're trying to take a photograph of these alien spacecraft. We're trying to figure out what they are. Last year, 2021, NASA encouraged the scientific community to help them establish a framework for defining what life is and to help them find that life beyond Earth. So they established a framework for that last year. Now the House of Representatives has passed, this last week, the 2023 Defense Authorization Bill by a very large margin of votes that authorized next to um, next to nine hundred billion or eight hundred and fifty billion dollars almost for military spending, uh, thirty seven billion more than what they had originally requested, and this actually creates something that a lot of people have not heard of. I didn't hear about it until I read this article from spacenews.com. The bill also creates a Space National Guard. And the Adam Schiff amendment that a lot of people have been discussing relating to congressional oversight of military and National Guard affairs, which is what it does. It basically will strip congressional authority or congressional uh, over just basic congressional oversight. It'll block it. So Congress can't really look into what the military or what the National Guard are doing in domestic uh, cases, which could be everything from border security to things like um, nas- a national disaster, a, a statewide disaster, something like that, where the National Guard are called in. So Congress is going to not have oversight of these things. And then they slip it in. Oh, there's a Space National Guard. Is the Space National Guard also exempt from congressional oversight? That is a big thing. That's a big deal if that's the case. It's a big deal if you're getting rid of oversight for military and for National Guard affairs and just domestic uh, affairs, let alone uh, things going on in space. So then we have the Pentagon renaming their UFO office to the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. So they're going to look at transmedium objects as well. They're looking for pretty much anything and everything. And the House Committee on Intelligence, this was yesterday, advanced legislation to a full floor vote, including a provision providing the public to see past government UFO reports. That's a big deal. 
The provision about UFOs was included in the Intelligence Authorization Act and would require the Comptroller General of the U.S. to review oral history interviews as well as documentation relating to government UFO reports dating back to 1947. The bill would also ask the Comptroller General to evaluate reports by the intelligence community to, quote, obfuscate, manipulate public opinion, hide or otherwise provide unclassified or classified misinformation. That's really big because now they're not only acknowledging, yes, there's a threat in the sky, potentially to national security. Yes, there are things even in the oceans. Yes, there are things that fly in both the ocean and in the atmosphere and in space. These are transmedium craft. They're basically acknowledging the possibility that there are things that are interdimensional, that do not exist in our dimension all of the time, that can phase shift between dimensions. They're looking at everything now. That's huge. It's also huge that they're looking into the oral history of UFOs and into government UFO reports dating back to 1947. That's huge. And they're looking into how intelligence agents have worked to obfuscate and manipulate public opinion. That's quadruply huge. These are really important things. That's enormous. Because as I read you earlier, the CIA penned a report back in the 50s called the Durant or Robertson Panel Report where they said that the debunking aim would result in reduction in public interest in flying saucers, that the education could be accomplished by mass media such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. Basis of such education would be actual case histories which had been puzzling at first but later explained. They proposed using Disney cartoons to spread this disinformation and using documentaries at colleges and high schools and TV stations to indoctrinate people into believing that the whole thing was just a misunderstanding. But it's more than that because they intended to infiltrate UFO groups because of their potentially great influence, quote, potentially great influence on mass thinking if widespread sightings should occur. So these are big stories. The House Intelligence Committee wants to look at past government UFO reports, including oral histories, and they want to look at these going back to 1947. They also want to look into attempts to manipulate public opinion or hide otherwise or provide unclassified or classified misinformation about UFOs. That's really big. It's also really big that the House has agreed to create a space national guard, which will have no oversight from Congress. It's really, really big that the Pentagon is openly investigating now transmedium objects. I mean, this is this is like really big news, and this is all happening in the month of July. In fact, the report on the transmedium craft comes 48 hours ago from Defense News. So this was on Wednesday night. And the House Intelligence Committee report came out yesterday, or they talked about it yesterday, but it was reported on today. Just today. 
So within the last 12 to 24 hours, these are huge, huge reports, huge provisions, huge amendments, huge declarations. You understand what the government is saying? The government is saying there's more than just nuts and bolts craft or things that might be interpreted that way. There are things that are in the ocean. There are things that do not just fly in our atmosphere. And we're going to study all of them. Transmedium craft. That is big. They're saying that there's a history of obfuscation and manipulation of public opinion. I just read you the CIA report from the 1950s, the Robertson panel of the Durant report, which explicitly describes the ways in which they were trying and succeeding in manipulating public opinion and furthermore in infiltrating UFO groups. Congress wants to look into all of this and they want to look into the oral history and the history in general of UFOs going back to 1947. Now they're missing a few years. They're missing the siege on Los Angeles in 1950, uh, 1942, excuse me. They're missing the ghost rockets and all that. But you know, part of that is the, you know, the past government reports because that goes back before 1947. This is huge. This is really, really important. So with all of that happening, and with Congress hearing UF, about UFOs, the first congressional hearing back in May, and NASA creating a framework for identifying these, these, um, these, these craft, or at least you know, new forms of life elsewhere. And, and I say craft because some, of these, some people speculate the craft themselves are like alien beings, or they're uh, uh, some form of energetic expression of alien consciousness or something to that degree. So they're gonna, NASA wants to look at all that and try to figure out what it is and how to identify it. And then furthermore, NASA announced just a few days ago that they are setting up their own UFO commission to study, quote, observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircraft or known natural phenomena. That's huge. All of this implies that there is a new space race. There is a new weapons race. And... This is history repeating itself in a way that is uh, really eerie because, uh, well, speaking of weapons, a U.S. hypersonic weapons test failed three weeks ago because of a, quote, anomaly. Just an anomaly. The test was carried out June 30th at the Pacific Missile Range Facility in Hawaii. And... It was supposed to launch the common hypersonic glide body atop a two-stage missile booster. The booster was designed to launch the system and accelerate it to the hypersonic speeds in excess of Mach 5, at which point the glide body detaches and uses its speed to reach the target. It was the first time the entire system was tested, called an all-up round test. The anomaly, however, prevented the Defense Department from completing the entire test. The Pentagon said it wasn't a complete failure, but... It would be one thing if this was commonly reported, but you, di- you typically don't hear about things like this unless they're successful or unless North Korea's firing rockets or something, right? For the, the U.S. government, for the Department of Defense to be like, yeah, we launched a, a, a secretive hypersonic weapon, it failed, and uh, there was an anomaly in, the, in what caused the failure, and we're not sure what it was. Now, I'm not saying that it's, an, it's, it's because of aliens. I'm saying it's weird because that happens first week of July, last week of June. 
And then within a few days, at Vandenberg Air Force Base, they're testing a, uh, a U.S. nuclear-armed intercontinental ballistic missile. It's a dummy. And it launches, and in 11 seconds, one, two, three, four, and I count because you can get an idea of how far that rocket could go, that missile could go in 11 seconds, depending on how and where it was launched. And it's 11 seconds into its flight, and suddenly, well, boom, it explodes. Did they make a miscalculation? I find it really weird that within a two-week period, a secret U.S. hypersonic weapons test fails because of an anomaly that they can't figure out, and a future secret U.S. nuclear-armed intercontinental ballistic missile blows up 11 seconds after takeoff at Vandenberg Air Force Base, of all places, where in 1964 an ICBM test also failed when a UFO came into contact with it, did something to it, and then flew off of the frame. This is all really, really big news. This is all really, really big. And while we're hearing all of this this week, it couldn't be better timing for the new Jordan Peele movie, Nope, to come out to be released, where you have people trying to get photographs of a UFO. And that, um, I read some of the, the, the initial reviews, and that they're saying that it kind of... Um, has this feel of close encounters of the third kind. And um, it also has a feel to like, which I can tell that I can tell, I tell that by the, by the preview that it has kind of a, a signs feel to it. I'm going to go see it tomorrow. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to go see it tomorrow. And uh, I'm, I'm expecting it to be pre- be pretty good. But I just want you to think of like, if you go see this movie, like this, this is a big Hollywood release this movie might end up doing really, really well. And this movie is all about the, the realization and the acknowledgement that there's something, there's something there. Let's get a picture of it. Let's, let's photograph it. And that's basically what the military is trying to do. I'm not saying get an actual photograph. There's plenty of them. I'm saying we're trying to get a cultural snapshot, a cultural photograph, uh, cultural evidence, cult- something that will help us to identify what is happening and what has been happening for not just 70-something years since the 40s and World War II, but has been happening since, since you know, recorded human history. Uh, the, I mean, these things have um, arguably, they, they go back to, to uh, times that we cannot identify and that w- there's a report goes back to 216 B.C., 216 BC, a book was written by Julius. Uh, what's this guy's last name? I think it's Obsequens. And uh, he was um, a, a Roman author in the 4th or 5th century AD. And he identified what he called things like ships. That's a quote, things like ships in the sky, quote, over Italy. He said, at Italy... A round shield was seen in the sky. At Capua, the sky was all on fire, and one saw figures like ships. This was recorded in 216 B.C. I don't think that those are comets or asteroids. And if you read William Bramley's book, The Gods of Eden, really good book, it'll give you some perspective on all of this stuff. So, Although we, I mean, I've argued and I, I stand by my arguments that, you know, I've argued that 
government now acknowledging these things, it's it's giving the wrong impression that the public is is thinking, well, this is the first time the government's acknowledged this. This is the first time we've got cases like this. This is all recent stuff, Tic Tacs, 2004, you know, the U.S. Navy. But that's not that's not the case. Not only does this go back to the 40s, but now I've been saying that other radio hosts have been saying that UFO investigators and researchers and authors have been saying this. Now the House is acknowledging Yes, there's an oral history here of reports and sightings and interactions, and there are cases that go back to the 40s. And although they put the cutoff date at 1947, the U.S. House Intelligence Committee, they're going to step further in saying they want the Comptroller General to evaluate efforts by the intelligence community to obfuscate and manipulate public opinion. That's freaking enormous. I know people might say, well, that's still part of the PSYOP. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I I do know for sure that they're now acknowledging not only UFOs. Try to understand this if if, if it hasn't clicked yet. I mean, I had to I had to really read through all this stuff to figure like I'm putting I wanted to do a UFO alien type show tonight. I'm reading through all this stuff and it clicks for me, you know, earlier today that holy crap, they're not just acknowledging, you know, UFOs, UAPs. These are separate stories. The Pentagon is, is actually investigating transmedium craft now. They're changing their, their investigative group or their investigative name now to investigate uh, all domain anomalies. And then Congress comes back and says, we'll do you one better. We're going to look into the intelligence agencies that have obscured, obfuscated, manipulated, and tried to hide information from the public on this and tried to disinform the public and misinform the public. They even said unclassified or classified misinformation about UFOs. This is what the bill would do. And to take us back to the 40s, that is enormous because they're not just looking at UFOs and UAPs. They're also looking at attempts to misinform the public on the subject. And they're also expanding their investigations into transmedium objects. This makes me feel a little bit more secure in this, this circus of, uh, of UFO lore and UFO history. It makes me feel a little more secure because now I'm thinking, you know, this, they're getting serious. This is very serious. And it has the potential to be blown out of proportion, certainly. Maybe that's what some of this is. But if it, there, there, there has to be some reason other than it's the flavor of the day because it, it it really isn't it's not like a flavor of the day kind of thing like oh it's a, a you know a disease and then oh it's ukraine then oh it's gas and it's oh it's putin and then back to the disease and then it's monkeypox and it, you know it's just all over the place this is something different there is something being prepared and i don't i don't know if it's planned or not i just there's something being prepared and it it really does feel like something in the next few months to the next few years is going to be unveiled officially that we are absolutely not alone and that we are in contact with beings from somewhere else. Now, it's probably not going to be like, you know, you know, Independence Day, hopefully not, but it's, it's going to be that we're in contact with something. And, and this is where this is where I kind of settle into being comfortable with how government has gone about acknowledging these things i feel comfortable with it now but i also feel that there's still something off 
because this is way too similar with the Navy and with the Pentagon and the Office of National Intelligence and how they've said these craft, these objects, they're not necessarily alien, but they pose a threat. They pose a potential threat, or in some cases, they pose a direct threat to military operations and to national security. So try to, try to process this with me. If they pose a potential threat to national security, but they can't say what that threat is, or if there is even a threat, so it's possible and that these objects, these craft, whatever, they, they don't know that they are, and that they're also going beyond the UFO UAPs. They're going to underwater craft or things that are flying in space, the atmosphere, and in water. They're looking at transmedium craft. They're expanding the base of the investigation. And then they're saying, let's go back and look at how the government's lied about this, so the government's covered this up, or intelligence agencies have manipulated public opinion. Let's go back and look at that. So they're really opening the door here. And I think we need to be careful. Is this a doorway that we want to walk through? Because if we walk through it, if we open that Pandora's box, there might not be any going back in the sense that, yeah, this is all fine and dandy. But if there is an ulterior motive, then we're looking at the usage of threats to national security that can't be identified, that can't really be isolated. They're just potential threats. They're not even necessarily real being used to justify Space Force, Space National Guard, which was just created, and what could Space Force or Space National Guard do? Well, they, they would perhaps begin to um, fulfill the role of uh, creating either re like literal creating space-based weapons or acting as a space-based deterrent to aliens and ufos and that's where that's where this whole thing kind of comes to a point for me because what it sort of implies is that what carol rosen said uh, about Werner von braun that what what is going to happen is we're going to have to build space-based weapons but it's all a lie. And these space-based weapons are, and no, I'm not talking about blue beam because that's not a real thing. Uh, yeah, the technology exists for it, certainly, but it's not a real thing. Uh, th they're basically saying that we're, we're going to create Space Force, which is already a thing. Space National Guard have no congressional oversight. And whether it's literally creating space-based weapons, we have a space-based deterrent against UFOs, against UAPs, against flying saucers, flying disks, against aliens. And as Dr. Carl Rosen said, that, you know, this would be um, a lie, that it would not be true, and uh, that we would need to be build space-based weapons but the whole thing, and he, she said he just, you know, he repeats it, repeats it. It's just the whole thing is, is, a, is a lie. That is, that feels like where we are at. That the, the attempt to build space-based weapons might not be actual weapons. They might be space-based deterrence, which is what a weapon is, deterrent. So... They're, they're, they're creating space-based deterrence. Even if there's not like a spaceship with Space Force soldiers on board, that's not what I'm talking about. But they're creating 
a space force, a space national guard. There's no congressional oversight of the space national guard, according to, well, at least the provisions and the amendments to the national defense authorization act. So what exactly is this national guard going to do? Your guess is as good as mine, but if the idea, if Carol Rosen is, is telling, you know, uh, the truth about something that's, that's planned terrorism, asteroids, and now aliens, space-based weapons. Well, it doesn't have to be a gun or a laser beam. It could be a deterrent. Space Force and Space National Guard are deterrents. And the threat is fake. That's not, that doesn't mean there's not aliens. It doesn't mean that aliens are, are fake. It doesn't mean they're not real. It means that the, the threat is fake. In other words, we've had for decades aliens interacting with nuclear facilities right in the vandenberg air force icbm case back in 1964 we just had a recent one a few weeks ago at vandenberg air force base another nuclear icbm dummy of course was uh was uh exploded after 11 seconds in the air we don't know if an identified flying object approached it but nevertheless the point is and the fact is it's eerie that 1964 2022 the same exact thing's happening and now we have this race to contact aliens and it's like a space-based uh, race or or weapons based race. This is an alien based race, and then we're creating non congressionally oversight, a non congressional oversight for a, a a space national guard, and we're creating deterrence weapons deterrence against a threat from aliens. And we're being told by the Navy and the Pentagon, we don't really know what these things are, but they likely do could or might pose, depending on what what document you're looking at, they likely pose or they might pose a threat to national security. So there are absolutely things there, ladies and gentlemen. What they are, we cannot necessarily identify them. But what we do know for sure is that there is something there. And when the government steps in and the House steps in and they say, look, we're going to try to go back and look at these other UFO reports. We're going to try to look at how the CIA and others, the intelligence community has manipulated public opinion on this. So it could be sure. I don't know, but it could be sure that what they're doing is they're 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 coercing you into into trusting what is probably sincere investigation but there's a driving force behind it like carol rosen said that wishes to convince you that we need to build space-based weapons space-based weapons against the threat of aliens and now we have the threat of acknowledged ufos and uaps and transmedium craft and now we have a space national guard with no congressional oversight if it passes in the senate and we already have a space force that's the deterrent. That's the space-based weapons against the threat, which is what the Pentagon and the government has said. It's a, a potential, a possible threat to national security. So we have the deterrent. We have the potential threat. We have exactly what Von Braun warned about. We have exactly what Carol Rosen warned about. This might not be what you think. And that should make you think a little bit more deeply about what is happening. I really appreciate you joining the show tonight. I had a really good time talking about this, and I hope that you enjoyed it. www.thesecretteachings.info That's www.thesecretteachings.info Please subscribe to our archive. You get access to the show, the montages, my digital books, and you'll also get access to the private RSS feed for your radio podcast player. If you subscribe, you support the show. If you grab a copy of one of my books, my book, The Technological Elixir, deals with a lot of what we talked about tonight. That's on the website as well only on the website at thesecretteachings.info. You support us. You keep us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, right here, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. If you're having trouble listening on any of the other 
podcast radio players. Just download the Aftermath app or go to groundzero.radio. Check out our affiliates on the website like Pro One Water Filters. And as always, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. I hope you enjoy your weekend. I'm going to go see a couple movies this weekend and uh, try to relax and and get some uh, air conditioner from the heat here in Tucson and uh, do a little bit of reading and uh, preparing for next week. So I've got a full weekend planned. I hope you have a really good planned weekend, whether you got you know stuff to do or you're just going to relax. And uh, again, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on Monday.